Hello and welcome. I'm Sofiko and this is Creative Minds Speaking, a podcast where I have conversations with creative industry professionals, bringing into the spotlight those incredible people who are behind the scenes of art and entertainment is the main goal of this podcast. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are the personal views of the guests only and do not represent in any way the views of their companies. This is an exploration of the guest journey and views only. In today's episode, I'm going to chat with Danny Valsais. Danny is a regional manager at BMAT Music Innovators and he is currently based in Los Angeles. Hi, Danny. How are you? Hey, Sophie. It's all good. It's great to see you. Good to see you as well. So let's start with your background. Can you please share your story with us? Uh, sure. So I guess, um, well, I, I, at age seven or eight, I started playing the guitar. I guess that's like the earliest relevant background. Uh, and then I studied uh, telecommunications engineering in college. Um, telecommunications engineering is basically a mix of software engineering, uh, computer science, and uh, signal processing, so more like audio-related stuff. Um, I got a master's in sound and music computing uh, at UPF in Barcelona, um, which is sort of what I, what I had always wanted to do, which is to mix uh, music and technology. Uh, and then after that, I joined BMAT uh, straight out of that master's program. And yeah, I did about a year and a half of engineering work with BMAT in Barcelona. And then after that, I moved out here to the States. Um, and right now I'm, I'm doing a bit more of the, the business side of things. That's cool. Can you please share what BMAT is, what this company is about, what, what it does? Sure. Um, so BMAT is a music technology company. Uh, it's headquartered in Barcelona, Spain, and we're about 150 people around the world. Um, what we do is uh, we like to think of ourselves as, uh, and this is going to be a very nerdy analogy, but we call ourselves the operating system of the music industry. Uh, and what we mean by this is that we're, we're basically a, a data layer uh, that connects all the dots in the music industry that anyone can tap into if they want to understand sort of who owns the rights to what, what music gets played where, um, and that sort of thing. So we, we aim to make the music industry much more efficient and also transparent and fair by basically connecting any two dots in the industry um, in, in a much faster way, let's say. And how would you say BMAT is different from other kind of similar companies who are doing similar things? What do you think? Um, I think we have basically two kinds of competitors. We have competitors that are similar in scope. So they're as broad as we are. They will do uh, music monitoring on radio and TV, and they will also do like, you know, publishing data and matching and, and that sort of thing. So similar in scope, but only uh, regional competitors. So they, they will be specific to a certain um, region. And then on the other hand, we have global competitors, but in just one of the verticals, verticals that we work in. Um, so they, they will be competitors in basically every market where we're present, but they will only do one of the things that we do. Um, I don't, I don't think that there's any company that's trying to do what we're doing at the same 
sort of scope and uh, globally. Mm -hmm. And uh, do you have a certain territories that you work with or it's kind of all over the world? Um, I think we're, we're pretty much all over the world, at least we're very similar in geographical reach to the music industry as a whole, I would say. So mm -hmm. uh, we have a, a very large presence in Europe. We have a significant presence in Latin America and Asia Pacific, as well as North America. Um, and I think we're, we're edging into sort of Africa and uh, the Middle East. I would say at a very similar pace as the rest of the industry. We don't have as much of a presence there, but I don't think the industry has it either. <laughs> or at least not much. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you mentioned in the beginning that you're very interested both in music and technology. Can we maybe fo focus more on music? Can you maybe tell us more why you were always so interested in music, why you always wanted to work in this industry? Uh, sure. So like, like I said, um, I think, yeah, I think I was like seven years old when I started playing the guitar. Um, and I don't, I don't know if any, I don't know if other musicians have like a, like a more specific reason why they like music. I just love music. I don't know. It's, it's very hard to describe why I love it so much, but, um, I saw someone recently describe it as, you know, I think, yeah, I think it was, it was, our CEO who said, look, you, you don't need to be a musician to work at BMAT, but you need to love music and you need to think that to some degree, music can save the world. Um, I like I like to think of it that way. Yeah, I would agree. And can you maybe tell us uh, what are your main responsibilities at your current role are and maybe how your regular day at work looks like? Sure. Uh, so I manage our uh, US slash North America team. Um, and that basically means that besides doing sales, um, which is basically, you know, finding new clients in North America for our existing products and, uh, liaising with the Barcelona office and the product teams on what the best ways to do that are. Um, I also oversee the activities of our, uh, small team here in the U S we have a, a client manager in Chicago and a sales manager, um, in New York. So it's, you know, we, we coordinate to make sure that we're working in, in the best way possible. That's interesting. And uh, how did it happen that you decided to move from Barcelona to LA? What is the story behind it? <laughs> okay, so it, it actually has very little to do with my job. Um, at the time, uh, I was dating someone who lived in LA and I wanted to move to uh, LA to like, you know, uh, move on from the, let's say the long distance thing. Right. Uh, so I actually, I had told, um, Alex and Pedro, our CEOs that I, I was actually planning on leaving the company because I was looking for jobs in LA. Um, and I, I hadn't even considered the possibility of, of coming here with BMAT. Um, and they said, well, you know, if you want to go to LA, that's, that's great. But, you know, you can go there with us, too. And, and that's sort of how it all started. And is it hard for you to kind of be the only one in L.A. who represent the whole company? Um, I don't think so. I mean, everyone in everyone BMAT is very supportive. And the company has always been remote, let's say. Even 
even the teams in Barcelona have people that will work from home, you know, once or twice a week and, and that sort of thing. We have we have a very uh, and it's been like presence. this before COVID. Oh yeah, 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 for years, um, almost from the beginning, I would say. So, it, I mean, between that and COVID, it's like everyone's working remotely now. So it's it's as hard for me as it is for pretty much anyone else. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's it's difficult at all. Maybe in other companies, but um, but no, it's 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 very enjoyable. And what would you say is is there a big kind of um, difference in the working approaches in Spain and in US? Like, did you feel any difference? Um, there are certainly differences. I, I don't think they're drastic differences, but there are definitely like cultural differences. Um, I think the simplest way I can put it is uh, in Spain, business relationships are like, we want to make sure that we're friends first, or at least that we think that we're friends. And once we've established that we both think that we're friends, then we can do business together. And in the States, it's like, we're going to do business together. And once we've established that we're making money together, then maybe we can be friends. <laughs> and what approach do you like more? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I, I naturally tend more towards the Spanish approach. Um, And, and I don't know if that can sometimes come across as like, like beating around the bush here in the States where people are very direct. They just want to talk business. Um, but I do, I do think that for the most part, people in the States appreciate the fact that, um, and, and this is not only me, this is BMAT as a whole, that we have that sort of more like personal touch, um, that we're, you know, we, we care about our, our clients well-being and, and that sort of thing. Love it. And what would you say do you like the most about your job and your current position? I really, I really appreciate the fact that it's, it's a very natural mix of things that like natural traits of my personality, let's say. So like I'm half Spanish, half American, and I'm representing a Spanish company in America. Um, I, I love technology and I love music and I love connecting with people and, you know, I'm, I'm, sort of the business facing side of a music tech company like it it's when your job aligns so well with just who you are it's it becomes very effortless i would say it's it's not hard at all to just you know work well and have a good time it's so nice and um as someone who's very interested in tech and especially like tech and music is there any um interesting things that you see happening in this industry right now or do you maybe have some like forecasts if it's the right word about like mm -hmm. the future of everything that is happening happening in the industry sure um i mean there is definitely plenty of really interesting stuff going on and um you know i try to stay on top of it but there's definitely things that are sort of escaping under the radar but i would say There's there's a general trend to for for fans to support artists directly, um, whether it's through let's say Patreon, um, and this is this is beyond music. Um, this is you know creators in general. Um, whether it's yeah things like Patreon or like SoundCloud's announcement of uh, what they call uh, fan powered royalties, which is what the industry has been calling 
user-centered royalties for some time now um or nfts recently which <laughs> i still don't really know what i think about nfts but uh can definitely... you please tell us more about nfts and like <laughs> what is this because i am i read a lot of articles but like i'm still very confused like do you want to maybe share <laughs> some knowledge uh, on this? sure so the the easiest way that i've seen it explained is when you're buying an nft of let's say a record you're not paying for the record you're paying for the receipt that says that you own the record so mm -hmm. you're saying you're paying extra to have you know verifiable proof that you've paid for a certain authentic copy of the work of art um and it's like it's like uh, gucci handbags right like you could you could buy a very similar looking handbag with arguably similar like build like it's you don't buy a gucci handbag because it's going to last longer you just you know you're paying the price tag because you want to you're buying into the exclusive club of people who can afford a gucci handbag so mm -hmm. nfts i think are building on the similar on a similar principle of like people wanting to be able to prove that they're part of the unique original like the unique owners of the original content um whether that is in the long term a sustainable way to support like a the big challenge I think which is to support like a middle class group of artists I'm not sure it seems like it's very driven by super fans mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure if you can feed an entire middle class of artists with that but it's definitely very interesting um, and do you think it's gonna last long or it's kind of just having its moment right now It's very hard to tell. Anything to do with blockchain, I think, is always going to have a certain layer of hype around it that isn't real value. Um, I think it's definitely, for one, interestingly, it's, it's validated blockchain as a technology because people are just trusting blockchain to like authenticate all these NFTs. Um, I'm not sure how long it's going to stay. I'm hoping that at least it'll bring in sort of more of an awareness of the fact that people are willing to pay more than $9.99 a month for music. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot, th that for me is, is the most important part. The, the most important thing that's going on with NFTs is we're realizing that a lot of people are willing to pay more than what they're currently paying for music. They're willing to support the artists they like with more than $9.99 a month. Mm -hmm. And I asked this question about, like, do you think it's going to last a lot? Because... Um, I remembered about Clubhouse and uh -huh. I feel like Clubhouse is already like had its moment and it's kind of dying <laughs> slowly <Yeah. laughs> because there was a moment where everybody registered there, everybody was like inviting each other and all that. And now when I'm going on the Clubhouse, there's like nothing happening. Clubhouse is very interesting. I'm not sure I completely understand it either. Um, I, I don't know. I think... It, Clubhouse definitely works better when there's m more people, at least. Actually, I'm not sure if that's true. I mean, there's a lot of conversations, and I think what a lot of people are saying about Clubhouse is, like, there's so many people that the conversations kind of go over in circles. Like, people join the room, they start talking about something, then half the people leave the room and someone else joins, and they go over the exact same topic again. Um, I'm not sure. I think it's a really cool platform. I think it's... 
and the whole idea of, of audio only is is very very interesting to me um how that relates to its user base and how many people you need to make it actually work i don't i don't really know yeah me neither nobody knows like always <laughs> and um do you see yourself um in the future mostly working with music or maybe you will go more towards the tech side or you always want to have this combination of both um yeah it's actually a, a really interesting question i think um at this point after having worked a few years um in a business role let's say like not and and actually for you know for a few years i haven't even played in a band now so like actually playing music is sort of in the background of my life at the moment it still is a really important part of my life so i still like play music at home and i still obviously listen to a ton of music uh in my day-to-day -day life so i'm not that worried about music ever not being an important part of my life um the music industry is is definitely a really cool place to work um and technology is, is definitely always going to be super interesting to me that being said i'm not sure that um that I will necessarily like work indefinitely in like music tech. It's definitely super cool to be here now, but um, I also see, I have a lot of like, personally, I'm really interested in like the way that technology intersects with a few other things. Like one of them is psychology. Um, and the other is, is definitely like how technology is amplifying some behaviors in like the political space. So like how technology is sort of channeling and, and amplifying um, hateful actions on social media and, and certain like, you know, political currents and, and the way that technology has been disrupting democracy around the world. I think those are those are super interesting, um, you know, spaces in general. So it, it might go down that line. I don't know. I mean, anything that involves either music or technology or like any of those things will be amazing for me. That's super interesting. Thank you for sharing. Sure. And do you have any advice to the starting professionals who are only starting their journey in the music industry, in the tech music industry? I would say in, in a lot of like industry forums for like young professionals, I see a lot of people talking about like independence and a lot of people are like you know focusing a lot on trying to stand out and like you know being like self-made uh career people i think independence is good but i think more than independence um i prefer thinking about interdependence um so i think as a whole you know there's a lot more that we can do working together and collaborating with each other than just trying to stand out individually. Um, so I would say building a network and even more than a network, I would say building a community. Um, or I would even think it like in terms of music, like building a local scene, you know, um, who are people that do similar things to what you do? Who are people that, um, you know, you played a gig with, so to speak, like people that you, you met at a certain job for a tiny period of time. What are they doing now? What can you learn from them? What can you do for them? You know, not only thinking of what other people can do for you. I think this, I also think our generation is, is 
is doing this more than than previous generations. Maybe it's maybe I'm biased, but I think especially with COVID and, and these things, we're seeing a lot of communities spring up online of like people just wanting to know what everyone's up to and like having that sense of building a scene of of like young professionals. Yeah, I would agree with you, and it's very interesting the thought that you shared right now. I think also like this this podcast in itself is is a good example of of the kind of communities that are being built around like young professionals and how we're going about our careers. Thank you so much for saying this. It's very interesting what you just said about community and independence. Um, so what would you say is your personal definition of success? Oh, uh, see, I, I don't. I don't know. I haven't really ever thought about it that way. Um, it would have to be just more of a process, like, you know, being in a situation where you feel like you're learning about what you want to learn. You're, you're surrounded by the people that you want to be surrounded by. Um, I think success is like money. It's like, it's smoke. It, it follows something else, right? Something has to be burning for smoke to come up. So like you need to be doing something valuable for money to follow and you need to be motivated by something other than success for success to follow. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's the important thing to define. I think it's much more important to focus on what you like. That's interesting. Thank you for sharing. Sure. And what would you say are your life highlights? <laughs> uh, my life highlights. Jesus. Uh, I don't know. Um, I mean, moving here and like living in a different culture um, from like where I grew up, I think is is something that in the future I'm going to be happy that I did. Um, I think like the most important things in my life are like my friends and my family and the places I love. So, I mean, that's already there. And was it hard for you to move to U.S.? You're half American, so but you you never lived in U.S. when growing up. So once you moved there, did you feel a very big difference, or was there something that you were not very comfortable with? Um, I think in general it was it was fairly easy because yeah, like you said, like I, I have American citizenship, so the whole the whole move and like the paperwork and everything was you know, a lot easier than I think it is for a lot of people. Um, culturally speaking, there is, <laughs> there is definitely a difference. Um, it was, it was kind of weird to get used to how people are like very focused on their careers and like their personal life. Um, sorry, their personal goals, I should say. Um, it always feels like at most you're you're in people's side mirrors like they're going somewhere and you might be next to them for part of the road but it's i think sometimes sometimes i get that feeling that that people don't really care as much about other people in their day-to-day -day life i'm sure they have like their their family and their friends that they care about um but they're like less open to just randomly meeting people and, and doing stuff but i mean hey <laughs> you know <laughs> who's better doing that than spain um so yeah but it, do you think it's just the kind of the cultural thing or it's a thing of los angeles being a huge city with filled with uh people doing their careers well yeah I'm, i'm really glad that you said that because i think a lot of my impressions about the states are definitely biased towards like california and la and the kind of people that i've met it could very well be that you know a lot of people aren't like that 
it's just the people that I've met. Um, LA is definitely more like that than many places in the States, I would say. Um, mm -hmm. This is like the place where, you know, stereotypically, even, even the waiter at the cafe is, you know, doing that as a part-time job while they, you know, start their acting career. So, of course, everyone's thinking about the next thing, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and do you have any book, movie, and song recommendations for our listeners? Oh, wow. Um, so, music, I would say probably Kate Trinata. Uh, I love Kate Trinata. Um, he, the, I think, any specific song? Uh, give me a second. I'll pull something up. Um, I mean, anything off of his his first and second albums, really. But his his second album just got a Grammy, and it's it's it just an amazing album. I mean, Go DJ, I think, is a great song. Ten Percent is a great song. Um, that entire album is just amazing. Um, what else? Books. I mean, anything by Gabriel Garcia Marquez, I think, is just incredibly magical. Um, and then movies. Um, I need to I need to catch up on my movies. I I love great movies, but I don't really actively like find them and and like watch them. I really liked uh, Parasite. I hadn't seen it, uh, but I watched it like a few weeks ago, and I really really liked it. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's incredible. Great movie. Uh... And do you have a celebrity crush? Oh, uh, Dua Lipa, 100%. <laughs> Great choice. And what is the most useless talent that you have? The most useless talent? I don't know. I have a lot of useless talents. Um, I, I'm a bit of a... I like doing really stupid things with my friends. Uh, one thing that we have been doing for a few years uh now is remixing board games so we take two completely different board games and we you know we kind of make a hybrid of the rules so i don't know if you know uh the game called settlers of Catan. it's basically you know you have uh, it's like a, a world piece of land that you know with different tiles each tile has different resources and you have to collect resources to win the game um so we re remixed that with risk which is a war game so we came up with a game where to collect the resources in a tile, you need to conquer it. Um, and it's an incredibly complicated, like unnecessarily complicated game. Um, and, you know, it, it took us like nine hours to finish the first game. And then we had to completely change the rules because it didn't even make sense the first time we played it. So that's something really stupid that we like to do. Well, but this is very creative. And do you like video games? Uh, yeah, for sure. Because you're into tech. And video games is tech. <laughs> yeah. And um, have you ever thought about combination of because there is music a big part of video games? Have you ever thought? Uh, have you ever seen yourself in this field? Maybe. Uh, yeah. I mean, personally, um, I mean, I, I grew up playing tons of video games. I'm, I've never been like drawn to the video game industry professionally, but. I would also say that there have been quite a few very interesting like crossovers, especially since the pandemic, like with mm -hmm. people playing concerts on Fortnite or like Roblox and that sort of platform. Um, yeah, I grew up playing a lot of Minecraft. So like 
I, I love that kind of like DIY kind of like virtual build your own world um, environment. I think it, it'll be interesting to see where like how music continues to grow into that space. Yeah, that's true. And the last question that I have for you today is who would you say inspires you the most? The most? Um, oh, a lot of people. Um, like I said, I, I, I try to, let's say, work from a, a place of curiosity more than ambition. Anyone who I can tell is working from their own, and this is, this is from a purely like professional inspiration kind of standpoint, I guess, but anyone who I can tell is working from like a genuine interest in, in what they're doing and learning more and understanding how the world works and how they can shape it rather than success, I would say. Um, who would be a good example of that? Um, I mean, there's a bunch of people that I work with who are like that. Um, definitely a lot of people at DMAT are like that. Um, I would also say, I mean, there, there's a bunch of, I think it, it's more of a trend in, in young professionals these days. I think we're having to be a bit more creative about the way that we think about our careers. Um, Sherry Hu, the author of Water and Music is like intellectually, I, I really admire her work. I think it's, you can tell that she's like very curious about the music industry. She, she analyzes it from a very intelligent standpoint and the way she's been able to create a community around that and and have it not just be like her sharing information but like it being a whole community around it i think that's that's super interesting to me yeah sherry is wonderful i'm so happy you mentioned her everyone who's interested in music and tech should definitely follow her and danny thank you so much for this no, interview thank you. thank you for your time it's been wonderful to hear your story and best of luck with everything in your journey thank you no thanks a lot for having me and yeah I'll, we'll be in touch soon for sure